Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome and welcome and welcome to the lonely old Josh show. Uh, as Harley's not here this week, so you're stuck with little old me. Uh, this week we've got some songs from uh, Hot Tramp, Sam Eagle, Beyond Extinction, and For the Hornets, as well as something from little old me, Josh Locke, as well. Um, I'm going to be talking about what I've been up to uh, this past week in terms of my musical goings on as a professional musician and, yeah, just general love uh, of this music scene that we have around here um as well as i'm going to be talking about some interesting musical news about political campaign ads and what people are doing with having music involved in them without actually obtaining the licenses so yeah there's going to be some really interesting stuff stick around until the end we've also got the gig list as well so if you want to know where you're going to be hanging out this weekend I've got the idea for you, and I? So, uh, let's ask myself a question, shall I? Because <laughs> I'm lonely. What did I do? Uh, thanks, me, from the past. I- I'll answer that question. Um, so, yeah, uh, last week, actually, I am well surprised. I had zero gigs at all. I say surprised. I knew about it, obviously. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was nice to have a have a weekend off. I was talking to uh, Frankie about this, and my girlfriend, she was uh, asking about when the last time I've had two weekends of no gigs and I think it's been about two years um, when I've had no gigs in the space of two weeks so yeah it's been really nice because I mean as much as I absolutely adore gigging and I love to be up there on stage and and, and entertaining people it's quite nice to be able to think oh what am I doing this weekend I don't know that's quite good that so yeah I I got to see uh, my mother perform instead uh, this week my mum, Laura Locke, was playing at um, the Two Sisters Art Centre in Trimley. It's a brand new art centre that has a lot of uh, diverse things happening there, really. I mean, there's, there's drama going on. I played there with my pirate band. Um, they've got sort of one-man shows, two-man shows. They've got Jazz East goes on there as well. So, yeah, check that place out. But basically, the, the show that my mum was doing was called To Head in the ba- Handbag. It was a two-header, so there's only two people in it. Um, and it was uh, Steve Roche and my mum. And uh, it's it's basically a sequel to The Importance of Being Earnest, which I have to admit, I haven't read or seen or, you know, watched that for years. I mean, I think I remember watching it when I was a kid and being really bored. But <laughs> watching it now when I've got a little bit more of a mature head on my shoulders, it was really, really good. I mean, it's um, Oscar Wilde and the amount of just crazy words that you have to remember for this. I just want to commend my mum for... I mean, there was at least an hour um, performance and they the amount of lines they had to learn uh, just playing off each other. So reading it off each other's cues and, you know, you don't think of Oscar Wilde and you don't think, oh, yeah, he's he had some easy words. No, no, there was some ridiculous words in there like perambulator. I can't remember that. It's just a pram. Just say a pram. Why do you have to say perambulator? Anyway, yeah, uh, so I just want to say... Well done. That was awesome. Um, Really, actually, really funny. I wasn't expecting it to be as funny as it was. Um, They had two shows on Thursday and Friday. Both were cracking. And, uh, yeah, shout out, Mum. Well done. Uh, Right after that, we had our friend of the Harley and Josh show, Justine Demir, um, doing the Mermaid song. It was her own um, original story that she'd written. Um, And it was, yeah, it was this sort of big, epic kind of fantasy tale, uh, mermaid tale. Um, 
about yeah a mermaid that sort of grew up in Essex and then moved up to Scotland and it was there was sort of uh, elements of kind of biblical stuff from Samson in there and uh, Samson and Delilah and there were some really interesting locations used and monsters and you know battles and all this sort of stuff and it was just her by herself um, you know conveying the message along just with her storytelling prowess so yeah that was that was actually really interesting um i actually got to see some music over the weekend um and i'll talk a bit about that in a bit um but i want to play some music because you know i can uh, and i've got you know just myself to talk to so i want to see play some of the uh the best of the harley and josh show um we've got a spotify playlist as uh, moocha said in his show before thanks mate um if you check us out it's just the harley and josh show it's got it's the it's the only playlist for people that love the local music scene uh, and just music in East Anglia um, because there's just so much on there that is nowhere else. It's nowhere else on anybody else's play, um, Spotify playlist. We're the only curators doing this. So you guys need to check this out if you love this music. Uh, this is Sam Eagle with Ode to Jack. That was the wonderful Sam Eagle with Ode to Jack McBrayer. Uh, as I've said before, whoever Jack McBrayer is, I hope he's proud because that is a sick song. I really love that. The bass playing in that is incredible. Um, played with a pick on that one I'm often playing with my fingers and actually from doing that from sitting on you know one technique for a long time you're actually your picking technique can suffer so sort of practicing that uh, is really important just so that you can be an all-rounder as a player um, but yeah I really actually I, I figured out that riff a little while back and it was really really fun to play along with actually so yeah if you're a bass player and you're listening on try and tackle that track that is huge um and if anybody knows who the bass player is on that track, I'd really love to know because I want to shake that person's hand. Um, but obviously it's a great groove from everybody. I mean, there's some great uh, trombone, guitar, uh, drums in there, and obviously Sam's great vocals on there. Um, I've, I got that CD from uh, Out of Time Records in Ipswich. Um, yeah, it was a really nice little impulse, old impulse buy. I saw it sitting there on the shelf, and I just thought, wow, I know that name. I need to check it out, um, as he has gigged around here quite a bit. I've seen him gig with uh, Bessie Turner as well. Um, I actually haven't seen him play, so I would really like to check that out. I've promoted their stuff on this show a bunch of times now, and that's often the often the case. Like, there's um, a couple on this list that I've got today that I have not actually seen before. Um, yeah, like this person, Josh Locke. Never heard of him. Um, so yeah, it was a really like nice little surprise to find that. You know, have you ever bought an album on a whim and and you know without knowing anything about them and and ended up loving it? If you did, let us know. Um, we're on Facebook, uh, the Harley and Josh Show. We're on Twitter at Lockabillies at Harley C, as well as we're on all the different you know podcasting sites like Apple Music and stuff like this. So yeah, uh, I want to just have a little quick uh, shout out to some amazing bands I got to see on Saturday. So, on Saturday, it was Darren Smith, uh, him of Dead Soul Promotions. It was his birthday. Well, it was actually technically last Thursday. So, happy birthday, mate. Um, he's put on some amazing metal shows around here. He also um, organised the whole of Swanfest last year, um, the very last Swanfest we've had, and hopefully we'll do another one, uh, who knows, next year. Um, so... Yeah, it, it was a really nice little uh, collection of, of music. Uh, I, my, my interest was piqued um, because I saw Heidi C was on the uh, was on the list. Uh, Heidi C is a friend of mine. Um, she's come to a bunch of Lockabilly's gigs, and she, it was only her fourth performance. So basically, what Heidi does, she does um, rock and metal tracks, uh, but piano versions, so real soft versions of like corn, 
Slipknot, In Flames, that kind of stuff. So if you do like your metal music, you've got to check her out. She's at Heidi C on uh, Instagram and all that sort of stuff. Uh, she does some stuff on Facebook as well great voice like some of the like gruff she was putting into it some of this sort of melisma she was crack- cracking on with whilst also playing piano was really impressive and i was i was really happy to have seen her live i've seen a bunch of her videos and uh, and was impressed then so well done heidi especially for tackling the nerves it's quite difficult to do when it's only a fourth gig and there's a bunch of you know scary looking metalheads look like staring at you like go on impress me uh, but i think Every single, you know, man, woman and child in that room fell in love with that girl when she when she was singing that song, her song. So well done, mate. Um, the venue was the music room. So it's the, uh, it was Premier Pool Club. It's uh, it's along the Ipswich waterfront. And there's been so many bands played there over the years. I remember seeing um, Enter Shikari there when I was probably about 13 or 14. Um, and it's it's sort of opened up, it's closed down, it's been a strip club, it's been like kind of everything and nothing all at once. Um, and I'm really glad that it's still doing some music every once in a while, um, and Darren's kind of the man to do it. And he put on some fantastic metal bands. So uh, quick shout-outs to uh, Eden Vale from Cambridge. It was sort of two female singers uh, doing operatic, amazing harmonies, um, pianist, bass player, guitarist, and drummer. Um, I think their songs were really good, but there were some serious problems with tuning somewhere. I've no idea who it was, um, but just sort of looking uh, at this sort of, I I think it was the bass player. I think it was the bass player. He was like, something was super out or he was just playing it wrong. (laughs) I didn't want to point fingers, but yeah, I'm pointing at fingers. Um, So sorry, mate, you gotta, you gotta figure that out or they're going to sack you. Um, That was my only critique because I think, yeah, the drummer, the two singers, uh, one of the singers was playing guitar as well, and the keyboard player, I think they were really on it, uh, just the bass player and the guitarist, I don't think they were quite experienced enough to follow the operatic side of it, because they were just sort of playing single notes and not really outlining chords, and I think that's really important when you're working with operatic classical metal, you know, they were doing some Nightwish and things like this, you know, you've you really got to go all out with that, so if you're just following the bass note of the chord it just doesn't sound great so yeah i think they will be a really good band if they and you know as long as they tighten up their string section or just get a new guitarist and bass player um because yeah i think i think they can go somewhere great voices like the 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 harmonies were absolutely wonderful like yeah i was just listening to them and especially seeing as you know one of them was you know the bass player was super out of tune and like they were still pitching to each other perfectly so yeah nicely done um yeah, so after that was Arms to Oblivion. Oh, I've put Arms to Bolivian. <laughs> uh, they're, 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 not, they're not Bolivian, they're from Suffolk. Um, and shout out to Marcus uh, Norman. He absolutely amazing. I really love that show. They, were, they, they had this nice mix of like Lamb of God and, and, and Slayer with a bit of grindcore involved in it. Um, so they, yeah, they had these kind of like headbanging numbers with also you know some stuff that you can really thrash to so yeah i really enjoyed them uh the only problem is they don't have any recordings i want to play them on this show i want to uh play them in my van uh, while i'm driving around i just want to have them on at home but they've got no recordings yet so if you are into your metal and you are a recording engineer please get in contact with arms to oblivion they're just trying to find somewhere that's going to suit what they need the music to do for them so i think that whatever they come out with is going to sound great. I just need it to come out soon because I want it. <laughs> um, after that, it was the first time I'd seen Killer Corp. Um, and uh, yeah, they're they're a fantastic live band. They really know the crowd. 
they uh, they were just like absolutely dripping with sweat by the end of it. Just like real balls to the walls thrash. They really did some like incredible speed playing. Um, yeah, they're, they're nice blokes, but yeah, absolutely terrifying on stage. That's the great thing about it. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I was, you know, I was sad that I hadn't seen them before because they've been gigging around here for quite a while. And uh, and yeah, being able to catch them live was was a privilege. So if you get to check out Killer Court, you should check them out. Uh, they're on Spotify. They're on all those sort of different places. Um, and I think you can get them on Bandcamp as well if you want to actually give them some proper money rather than just Spotify credits because that counts to not much if you've listened to this show before. Um, also, Kemba Kill. I'd uh, again. This is the second time I'd only seen I'd seen them, but I didn't realise how long they've been around because I think they've been around since the nineties uh, in sort of different forms and different guises. So at least twenty years, um, and yeah, amazing female lead singer. And it sort of uh, I was there with my girlfriend Frankie, and she was thinking, you know, there's not a lot up there for for women in metal. Um, and she no, there wasn't. It wasn't sort of like a, a sexualized thing. It wasn't made out to be like, oh, look at this sexy lady. She's the lead singer. Wasn't oh, that different and weird? It was just the fact of she was good and she was in the band because of her merits, rather than oh, you know, this is a gimmick. Um, so, what do you guys think? I mean, do you know of any any sort of metal bands with females, or you know, singing or playing in them? Um, do you think of them as using it as a gimmick, or do you think of them just you know it should be more based on merit and based on how good you are on your instrument? And uh, I think there there is kind of lacking a little bit in the metal scene um, with uh, you know women being involved. I think there may be a bit of a threatening thing there where it just sounds quite a masculine genre, but you know. Girls can rock just as hard as men do. Um, and yeah, Chemical um, proved that, absolutely. But the standout band um, of whom I'm wearing their T-shirt right now um, was South End locals, uh, Beyond Extinction. They were all between the ages of 17 and 20. And they absolutely nailed it. They were just like such good performers. Like they're really, because uh, obviously they're, they're using kit that they're not playing on usually. So, you know, different drum kit, different amps sometimes. Um, and uh, to a crowd they might not have ever played to before. And they absolutely nailed it. Like really tight playing. Uh, again, got the grindcore vibes from it. A little bit of, of Mice and Men involved in there. Um, again, with sort of a little bit of Slayer. And just really enjoyed the kind of the mix and, and how um, how energetic they were. But with the amount of grooves that they had. Like good breakdowns, good beatdowns that I hadn't heard for, for quite a while. That became a bit un, a bit untrendy, breakdowns and beatdowns in metal. Because it was a bit overused in the sort of uh, you know 2010s. Uh, so I think a lot of people sort of distanced themselves from it. You know, sort of bands like A Day to Remember and Four Years Strong were adding them into sort of pop punk, so it got a bit popularised, and a lot of people just sort of went, uh, okay, let's stop doing that now. And I think more people went towards thrash and black metal and, and a lot more doom um, instead of instead of the trendier kind of stuff like Immure, where you'd be, you know, like looking like chavs, but really into your metal. And uh, that's where all the sort of like the scene kids come from, you know, and bring me the rise and stuff like this. And all still great music. But then when you think about the amount of bands doing very similar breakdowns and beatdowns, that it became a kind of expected that a band would put it into a song. Um, but now, you know, I think we've had a bit of time to reflect and rest on it. And now they're coming back, but a bit more tastefully. Um, so I want to, you know, give you guys a little bit of a, a peek uh, behind the curtain and see what these guys are like. Um, if you like your heavy music, you're going to love this. This is Beyond Extinction. This is available on the Spotify. This is their brand new single, Dune Strider. Check it out. 
Yes. That was Dune Strider by Beyond Extinction. Uh, we love to play any type of music that is good music on this show. Um, and I think that is exactly the way that all radio stations should be, really. I mean, that's what I love about IO Radio and what I love about doing this podcast is that there's no hob- holds bars on the music. It's not about what's trendy. It's not about what's cool at the time. It's just about what's a good track. Um, I think it's really important to keep your your ears open and, and your minds open to lots of different types of music. I mean, I, I mean that because of the different uh, kind of scenes that you get to be involved in as well with this. Because I mean, I get to go to hip hop shows, metal shows, um, you know, rockabilly shows, blues gigs, at rock shows, anything all over the all over the show. And you get to see so many different types of people. And the great thing about Darren's birthday bash on, on Saturday was like, it's just so many different types of people there. And it's just like the least judgmental place that you can go. Um, I mean, sometimes it can be a bit judgy in the metal scene, you know, but it's it's never really bitchy, if that makes sense. It's not, you know, people sitting there going, oh, you know, this person, you know, doesn't like this, or I don't know, doesn't look right because of this, this, this. You know, there's some, that's all of us freaks just turn up there. We want to dress however we want to dress. We want to dance however we want to dance. And nobody's sitting there going, ugh. You know, you might get laughed at for, you know, doing a bit of some weird stuff. But, like, you know, it's not laughed at a lot of the time because, you know, everybody's doing something that's that's strange and different. And, and you know, if you can't laugh at it and laugh at yourself, then, you know, you're taking yourself too seriously. So there was a lot of that at this at this birthday bash. Really great community vibes and, and just everybody's mates. Um, so I think if you if you do feel a bit pushed out to the fringes at times, get yourself to a metal show and realize just how much that nobody cares about what you look like nobody cares about what you listen to really if you're just there out here out having a good time and just meeting people having a good and you know having good friends then you're using the music scene properly aren't you anyway so uh that was uh yeah the wonderful beyond extinction i'm wearing their t-shirt right now one pound of it went towards a shark preservation uh, trust because it's about beyond extinction um so yeah uh, I, I wanted to see if they wanted to do a t-shirt called beyond extinction rebellion but i think it might be a little bit too political that way um so yeah uh I finished off my my weekend with a bit of ACDC, actually. Um, ACDC uh, was one of the biggest bands, if not the biggest band for me growing up, um, because I would just constantly be listening to their albums, like back to back, in order. Um, And, uh, you know, I'd always have on. If I'm I'm doing any tidying or cleaning or stuff like that, ever since I was a teenager, it would be ACDC on just so I could be like, you know, air guitar with the broom and stuff. But... um, the uh, the DVD ACDC Live at Donington. I've got to find out what year that was. Actually, I know it was in the nineties because it was about the same time that um, Razor's Edge came out. But it was just an absolutely amazing live DVD. Um, it's just it taught me so much about stagecraft um, and just about how to you know sort of use a pause, use a bit of silence um, for a bit of dramatic effect. Um, it, it's just, you know, I remember having that DVD. I can't remember who bought me that DVD. I think it might have been my brother. It was 1992. There we go, 1992. I had a massive poster that covered up my wall of the DVD cover. Uh, if, you've, if you've seen that DVD, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, it just I get most of my moves from Angus Young um, and Malcolm Young, rest in peace. Um, it's just, yeah, watching that back was just really, really great just to to think, oh, yeah. And I, I realized how much of all of the songs I knew how to play on guitar. So while it was playing, like, you know, we were sort of cleaning up and then I'd suddenly pick up my guitar and Frankie would be like, how do you know this one? How do you know that one? I'm just like, it's just from sitting there and watching it. So there's my advice to sort of 
any people that want to go out there on stage is just to watch these live DVDs. We started doing this a lot more at home, actually, recently. We've been, I had uh, Led Zeppelin at Madison Square Garden on uh, this morning. I've also had, um, we had Kiss at the Animalia tour, um, a little bit of Queen uh, at Live Aid. And it's just examining it, watching them and, and seeing how they they go between songs if there is a bit of silence between the songs it's not just you know staring at the ground or or staring at each other in the band it's talking to the audience or just getting a bit of eye contact get just a wave you know little things like that just to make people feel like they're part of the show so yeah um that was that was basically my musical week there was a lot going on because i didn't have any gigs so you know because of that i'm gonna just just uh play you something you haven't heard yet actually from us anyway uh this is by a wonderful band called for the hornets they're playing locally this weekend if you stick around for the gig list i'll tell you exactly where but yeah this is really cool this is called digits enjoy was for the hornets with digits uh, it's incredible i love that i've literally checked that out this morning and uh it's got that great mix between like punk hip-hop a bit of fuzzy doomy kind of stuff going on in there uh yeah i really want to see that live and see what that's like because it sounds absolutely crazy so i can't imagine exactly what it's going to be like live anyway yeah you can check that out on their spotify and their itunes uh you know buy it don't just stream it enjoy it properly anyway Less time to get down to the serious news. Mm. Rock Giants Queen are asking to block Donald Trump from using We Will Rock You in a campaign ad. That closely follows a compliant from the Prince Estate. Music News. Yeah, so this has been going on for a long time. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this. I wanted to talk to you about political campaign ads and uh, rallies and popular music. So... Here's the news from this week. A video shared by the president on Twitter featured We Will Rock You, set to a montage from his rallies. The 1977 hit plays from the full two minutes of it. Reps for the band have stated that they do not agree to the use of the song. The band's music publishers eventually had the clip removed. A a representative also confirmed the band has already entered into a process to call for non-use of Queen's song copyrights by the Trump campaign. That's not the first time... Donald Trump has actually faced uh, opposition from artists uh, even this week. Uh, the president held a rally last night in Minneapolis where he played Prince's Purple Rain. Don't know why. Um, the Prince Estate, I mean, it's a great song, but what's it got to do with that? Anyway, the Prince Estate soon learned of the usage and shared a letter they sent over a year ago. The letter revealed that the Trump campaign agreed that they would not use Prince's music again. So they, they'd used it before. They sort of said cease and, cease and desist, and they did it anyway. So, yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of this going on. Um, so the kind of the, the topic here for discussion uh, with myself, but with you guys, uh, I'd love you guys to give us a message at the Harley and Josh Show Facebook page with what you think about this, is, okay, so there is publishing uh, licenses that have to be obtained for uh, using this kind of stuff. It's, uh, you know, using popular music in TV uh, or uh, in a live venue where there are people being able to listen into it um, and it's not yours, you need to obtain a license for it. It's exactly the same as, you know, if you use a song in a film, use a song on a TV show, or if you, well, if you're playing in a covers band, most of the time the venues that you'll be playing with will have a PRS license, but it's good to be a member of the PRS anyway. 
and Performing Rights Society, for, if you didn't quite know what that was. But anyway, so there are so many people that have uh, had a go at this. So Rihanna does, uh, has had a go at Donald Trump. Uh, Pharrell Williams has had a go at, uh, at Trump. Aerosmith, they used uh, Dream On. Uh, and Donald Trump used Dream On in one of his campaigns uh, and uh, he, they sent a cease and desist letter basically and of course the troll in chief gets back saying yeah, don't worry about it I found a, I already got a better song uh, Steven Tyler got more publicity out of the campaign than he's had in years so good for him so he, here's my kind of thing with this like I don't think a lot of the time that Trump is, is using this stuff unknowingly I think he knows that you know most of these bands do not support him uh, quite rightly so and uh they they would not want his music being used and he's just using it to troll them he's just <laughs> using it to to get under their skin and also they're going to be tweeting about it they're going to be getting mad about it so it gets in publicity doesn't it it just plays into his hands so anyway others have all butted heads with trump as well but this is a big problem for artists thanks to compulsory performance rights laws in the u.s generally as long as candidates pay for the rights they can use whatever music they like so yeah, I mean, that's the, that is the question, isn't it? Like, just because you've got the rights to do something, does it mean that you should? We'll get to more of that a little bit. So uh, this isn't the first time Queen has opposed Trump using their music either. Um, back in July in 2016, when he was campaigning, uh, the band asked him to stop playing We Are The Champions at the Republican National Convention. That was when he, he uh, was awarded the, uh, the sort of the, the ticket for being against Hillary Clinton. Um Brian May said he would not have granted permission even if Trump asked. Um, he, he also used, I think it was actually in his, um, like when it was announced that he won or it was at the RNC again, that he played uh, the Rolling Stones, You Can't Always Get What You Want. <laughs> Bit on the nose, isn't it? Um, and I think, uh, yeah, the Rolling Stones were not happy with that either. Um, he also played, when he was uh, turning up to a rally, um, an REM song that no word of a lie, no word of a lie, right? He comes on stage to the song, it's the end of the world as we know it. And I don't know if he did it ironically or not, but if he did, it's hilarious. Um, so obviously Michael Stipe, lead singer of REM, does not like that. He just put, he said, go F himself. I want nothing to do with his ideologies. Um, also, uh, during his campaigns, he used Adele's Rolling in the Deep and she distanced himself from him as well. So, it sort of goes to the fact of like, you know, as soon as a, an audience maybe hears that a song is playing to a big audience uh, at a big event that, you know, one of these songs, they probably usually assume that like, OK, the band's OK with them using this song because otherwise they wouldn't play it. Right. So they seem to think, oh, OK, so if Queen are behind this person, then then I must be as well. And they must be, you know, have the same ideologies. So, yeah, it's it's very important to really delve deep into who actually has the rights for this. Trying to make things a little bit more um, UK based for, for people here. Um, D Ream. Does anybody remember uh, that the uh, the Labour Party? The, for new Labour in 1997 used, things can only get better. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's that was, I think that was the first time I heard that song. I would have been about seven. And that was kind of associated with the new Labour movement and Tony Blair um, for me ever since then. Um, so Peter Cunner, the man behind D-Ring, has admittedly... Um, mixed feelings about this hit being used so closely associated with the new Labour project since. Um, so yeah, he's not that pleased about it now and, and you know you've got uh, Brian Cox was their keyboard player the amazing scientist so I don't know what he thinks about it 
Um, there was also uh, James, the band James. They used sit down, sit down next to me. Um, Gordon Brown used that in 2008. Uh, um so it was, uh, I think it was at the the uh, the Labour uh, conference, and to top it all off, uh, singer Tim Booth complained about the part of using his song, saying it was about the unity of people and spirit, not about divisions in political parties. So I think that's what they were trying to do: is just say, hey, you know, we, should, we may be in difficult parties, but we should still talk. And it's like, yeah, okay, good, but you know, use the song properly and get the right rights for it, or at least ask the band. Um, who else? David Cameron. Uh, <laughs> okay, this isn't really he used a he used a song, but I just thought it was hilarious. David Cameron named the Smiths as his favourite band. Uh, Johnny Marr, guitarist of the Smiths, said, "Stop saying that. No, you don't. I forbid you to like it." It's <laughs> uh, hilarious. Let's go be a bit of a smackdown to hear that from your well, your, your favourite band that they don't want you to like them <laughs> because they don't like you. Hilarious, right? Uh, Theresa May has been um, in trouble as well. Theresa May used Calvin Harris um, with Rihanna. Uh, this is what you came for at the uh, at the co- uh, Conservative conference. Calvin Harris tweeted by a way of response, Conservative Party conference playing my song was not approved. I do not support nor condone happy songs being played at such a sad event. <laughs> This is just a great. This is just a great compilation of, of of musicians beating down politicians, basically, isn't it? Uh, Benny and Bjorn from ABBA. They hadn't like like talked or collaborated for years, but they sued a far right Danish party. Uh, they rewrote this this Danish party. They rewrote Mamma Mia for a rally. So they're like white supremacists and racists. So ABBA were like, no, I don't want anything to do with you. You're disgusting people. Um, and they, you know, on a hiatus for so long. So yeah, good on them uh, for for not letting them use it. Um, uh, so the thing is, like you know, there's more here. There's oh my goodness, there's so many. Uh, Mike Huckabee, who was uh, well, husband not husband, uh, father of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the uh, very controversial White House press sec- press secretary up until recently, I think. Um, they uh, he used "Eye of the Tiger" by Survivor, and they sued. They did not want him to be using that. Um, Governor, Governor Scott Walker. This is this is actually one of my favourite ones. Actually, uh, he used the Dropkick Murphys. This is their version of the the Woody Guthrie song "Shipping Out to Boston." Um, he used that for his campaign ad. They tweeted out, "Please stop using our music in any way. We literally hate you." <laughs> Oh, that's great. Uh, they, they were basically saying, using a Dropkick Murphys song as an intro. Okay, let me just tell you a bit more about Scott Walker. Basically, he was um, he was governor um, for... Oh, crikey, I'm trying to remember where it was from, actually. That's, that's bad that I can't remember that. But basically, he's very, uh, you know, anti-abortion, anti-gay rights, um, and anti-labor unions as well. Um, so the Dropkick Murphys, uh, Murphys are were very pro-unions uh, to protect workers' rights. So they said, using a Dropkick Murphys song as an intro to your thing is like you, a white supremacist coming out to a gangster rap. <laughs> if you and your staff can't even figure out your music, you might want to give up on the politics. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Good, good stuff. Uh, Sarah Palin was uh, sued by Heart, the band Heart, for using their song Barracuda. Um, yeah, I think there's a divisive figure herself there as well. Uh, John Ma- John Moccasin was uh, sued by John Mellencamp for using two of his songs without permission. Uh, the DNC, so the uh, the Democratic National Convention, used Cindy Lauper's uh, True Colours, and she sued. She was like, "You didn't ask for that, and I don't actually want to be involved in anything political." Um, Ronald Reagan. Uh, back in the 80s, um, used Born in the USA 
So if anybody actually knows what that song, Born in the USA, I mean, if anybody actually knows anything about that song, it's actually a sneering uh, rebuttal to the, the American ideal because it was all about, you know, Vietnam vets coming back from war and being treated awfully, uh, not given jobs and being spat on in the street and just not looked after by their government. And Reagan was a big continuer of the Vietnam War and did not look after the veterans. So Springsteen just said maybe he should listen to the lyrics. Um, uh, it happens every every election. It's just it happens every single election. Uh, there's always something that's going to happen. Um, and the funny thing is that no one, nobody at all wanted to play at Trump's inauguration, right? Um, Elton John said flat out no. Even a Bruce Springsteen tribute band called the B Street Band said, uh, Bruce Springsteen doesn't like you, so we're not going to play. I think he ended up having like the Mormon, Mormon Tabernacle Choir or something like this. And Yeah, um, Three Doors Down. I think he had Three Doors Down. Um, yeah, so, but here's the funny thing, right? So I, I think most creatives and, and, uh, and a lot of, uh, you know, kind of very, uh, well, musicians in, in, the popular, in, in the public eye, they are often very much left-leaning. So Hillary Clinton had a huge amount of support during the 2016 election from Beyonce, Jay-Z, Katy Perry, Madonna, and Lady Gaga, right? So very huge names with big influences. Uh, I think Taylor Swift as well was was like, you know, go out and vote for, for Hillary. And, uh, you know, I think all that Trump had was Kid Rock, <laughs> the all-American badass, Um and uh, and Ted Nugent as well. Ugh. I love Ted Nugent's music. Do not like him at all. Um, so it just shows, though, he won the presidency. So it does. It, so some of this kind of you know musicians coming out behind uh, political figures or or denouncing them. I mean, does it mean anything? It does. Obviously, doesn't uh, affect voters that much because otherwise it wouldn't have been such a a close win. I mean. It, it, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, but was that to do with musicians? Who knows? So, yeah, anyway, what do you guys think? Because um, the, the thing is, a lot of the time, these these campaigns do actually buy big blanket kind of, uh, like, rights things so that they can use these things. But So, technically, they have the right to do it, but the bands don't like them playing it because of their ideologies. So do you think there should be some kind of change in terms of the licensing rules, you know, that, you know, they can only purchase the rights for something or use the rights for something with permission from the artists or they just have to the artist, you know, talk to the artists first. Um, the thing is, right, so here's a little thing from... Um, uh, from the, the Americans' Rights Association, Association that would be uh, responsible for this. Um, this kind of use may involve rights such as synchronization of music with video and the possible use of the master sound recording. The campaign will need to contact the song's publisher and possibly the artist's record label to negotiate their proper licenses with them. And, and remember, campaign videos containing music that are posted on the internet also require these licenses. Once the commercial has been produced, the TV and radio stations and any websites that transmit the commercial must have a public performance license also. So there's a lot of barriers in the way of this. Um, if you want to know a little bit more about this, there was a, an amazing John Oliver uh, thing about this on last week tonight. It's on YouTube. Just search like campaign songs John Oliver and they did this whole like song about it. They wrote a song about how much they dislike people using their songs in political campaign ads. So yeah, check that out. 
further reading. That never happens, does it, on this show? Right, okay, before we get to the a gig list, I want to play you some amazing music from our mates. This has just been released very recently. I don't think it's even on Spotify yet, so you've got to go yourself, get yourself to a show and buy a CD. This is the marvellous, marvellous, monstrous hot tramp with birds and bees. Amazing, that was Birds and Bees by the amazing Hot Tramp. Uh, yeah, you got to check them out. Stick around uh, on this show. Subscribe, and we will let you know exactly where they're playing next. Uh, before we get to the gig list, I want to do a quick shout-out. I, uh, I did a post this morning about, can anyone think of a song with a venue in the title or the lyrics? Uh, let us know, yeah? Uh, so if you want to be involved in that, you can check us out on Facebook. I want to uh, quick shout-out to the Baker Boys for Ballroom Blitz. Hotel California, that's a good one. Uh, Stephen Bartington says there's a bunch of them that he's done. The Lock In, uh, I think he's a local guy, so yeah, there we go. Uh, Smoke on the Water, thanks Rob Lewis for that one. I think that's a, that's a good one because we all came out of Montreux on the Lake Geneva shoreline. That was about a Frank Zappa gig, wasn't it? It actually was burnt down by a flare gun. Uh, what else we got? Oh, yeah, Andy Martin put uh, Smoke House on the Water by Deep Purple House. I mean... <laughs> Good one. Nathan Wilding with White Man and Hammersmith Palais by The Clash. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nathan Wilding also with Norwich Waterfront by The Simple Minds. That was, there's no Norwich in that bit. Don't be silly. Um, yeah, uh, get yourself involved with our Facebook page to really find out what is, uh, you know, who's doing what and all those amazing games because, yeah, we try and do that as often as possible. Um, what else? <laughs> Guns of Brixton Academy by The Clash and <laughs> Nigel Bauer um, oh yeah Robert Horn thanks mate uh, put Break On Through by The Lockabillies uh, because I was talking about he says the, the only by a well known local band is the only song I know to mention Village Halls yeah we played I said uh, we, we played all the venues the Village Halls um, yeah chronic sound abusers just shaking down the walls but yeah that's what we do so anyway thank you very much uh, for getting involved with that one get involved every week we'll do it a little bit more but for now it's the Gig list. So, yeah, uh, we've got some amazing stuff coming up this week. The first one uh, is in Colchester. All right, so the Sound House in Colchester have Beneath the Embers, Colchester band, are on a tour at the moment. Uh, they're playing with Rays, and the metal band of the moment for me is Spider Vane. Uh, they're from Harwich, I believe. Um, they are playing Friday at 7.30 at the Soundhouse in Colchester. If you like a bit of Pantera, if you like a bit of Lamb of God, and if you just, or if you just like a good balls-out metal track, go see Spider Vane at Friday at 7.30 at the Soundhouse in Colchester. Uh, Black Lightning, uh, sort of blues rock guys, kind of local guys, are playing this Friday at 7.30 at the Smokehouse. The one to watch, though, is the support band, uh, Garrison. Now, uh, I might be a little bit biased, as the guitarist is one of my students. All right, Taylor. Um, nicely done for having a gig at the Smokehouse. I think they'll be really uh, great to watch them progress. They've been writing music, uh, and they've been playing a couple covers, and they're all about sort of, you know, 60 17 upwards so yeah go and support up and coming local musicians uh good luck garrison i won't be able to be there but enjoy yourselves um hoax are, are pronounced uh, pre presenting new music at honey and harvey in melton um so yeah that's saturday at uh i don't know what time it is oh yeah seven o'clock at honey and harvey in melton um we've got on october 19th that's saturday um we've got fight milk the days Fleas, Queen Dogs, and the amazing band we played earlier, 
for the Hornets. They're playing Saturday at 6 o'clock at the Hunter Club in Berry. Uh, I really want to see for the Hornets. Again, I'm not going to be around. Sorry. Um, okay, Saturday at the Sea Steamboat in Ipswich. Going a bit more local now. Um, Dystopian Sound Collective. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Masked Marcus, Tom Sanderson and Jen Liu are all playing this Saturday from 7 o'clock. So if you like your electronica and a little bit of your experimental stuff, you want to check that out. Uh, October 20th, we got the Display Team, Project Mork, and the Mighty Boss Mags. They're playing Sunday at 7 at the Steamboat Tavern. Uh, and 4 o'clock on Sunday, so you've got loads of stuff you can do on Sunday, trust me. Uh, and Ipswich, the one and only one-man band world premiere from Charlie Law. Um, it, you know, our local boy, done good. Uh, Sunday, 20th at the Smokehouse. That's at four o'clock. You want to check that out. He's got some amazing original music and he's been all over the world. So he's got some great influences coming in from, yeah, all over the place. Uh, also Sunday, three o'clock. Told you there's loads on Sunday, didn't I? Um, Jackson Co. So if you like your Johnny Cash, I know I do. Check it out on Sunday at three o'clock at Isaac's on the Key. Uh, also where else we've got uh, oh yeah the Shamrock this is the last one we've got here uh, October 20th the Shamrock we, they are hosting at 6.30 the wonderful the marvellous Back Porch Band so if you like your rootsy blues and you know you just want to support some of the stalwarts of the Ipswich music scene check that out I know they're always good some amazing harmonica playing uh, and they've inspired a lot of people including Giles King um, who plays in Goofy Dust with me so yeah enjoy yourselves at all of those so yeah thanks for listening to the gig list what are you going to go say mate tell me about it yeah um, okay I'm going to finish off the show with one of my own songs because I can um until next week, I'd love to hear what you guys want us to discuss. Hopefully, Harley will be back next Monday. Um, yeah, do you want to? Is there a specific musical topic that you want to hear about? Are there any specific bands that you want us to play? Uh, we like to stick it to local or at least East Anglian sort of stuff, just so that we are really spreading the word about what amazing music we have around here. We don't often play stuff that is, you know usually has a record label even um so yeah have a think about that let us know um and yeah if you could subscribe to us on youtube if you could give us a like give us a rating on apple uh, podcasts we're also on google podcasts i think we'll probably be coming to spotify soon so we're going to be all over the place like a bad rash uh, you can follow us on spotify already with our uh updated weekly spotify playlist which is just the only one of its kind around you need to check that out so follow that um until then i'm going to play one of my own songs because i can this is uh my track demons uh, featuring mr tom mccarthy mr rich webb harley cotton and the amazing josh carr from hot tramp stick around i will see you next week love you lots goodbye yeah.